What's going on, everybody? It's episode 13 of The Wise Guys. Another week, another episode. We're back again. Man, we have a very special guest on the show today, y'all. Nico, tell me who we got on the show, man. We have strength and conditioning coach Brett Beck on the show today. An honor to have you, man. How's it going, Brett? How you feeling? I'm good, guys. What's going on? How are y'all? Good, man. Good. It's it's a beautiful day over here. You know, beautiful Sunday morning over here in New Jersey. Uh, how, how's the weather out there in Texas, man? <laughs> oh, you know, it's a little hot, but you got to expect that from me in August in Texas. Comes with the territory. No Definitely surprises. <laughs> I can imagine, man. It's real hot out there usually. <laughs> oh, yeah. It gets to probably 100 every day in August, I would say. And it's oh, humid, man. so, you know. Wow. Jeez. Good for the skin. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that Texas heat, man. That's crazy. So, uh, yeah, man. So we have a lot to get into today. Yeah, a lot. A lot to get into today. So our first question, Brett, what made you get into football? And Like, what was your drive behind that? Well, it was just kind of the thing to do in high school growing up. Uh, you know, I, I played football, baseball, and soccer. I had – there was five, five of us kids. I had three brothers. And, you know, we just loved it. My dad was our coach most of the time. And uh, kind of as I played and as you get injured – you kind of got to find a way to to not get injured again and to rehab and to be stronger coming out the other end. So kind of the, the injuries as you get in football, which, you know, as every person plays at any kind of decent level, injuries are part of the game. But, you know, durability is, is probably more important than uh, having any kind of ability at all. Definitely, definitely. I always say mental health as well. Mental health is just as important as physical health. Yeah. That's you why think of all – the, yeah. the the household names in sports they're they're not only blessed with physical ability but their their mental toughness is second to none you know the the passion that they bring to the game if you think of all the the kind of the stone cold killers in any sport you know it's not just say they were the fastest or jump the highest they had the the mental aptitude to to overcome obstacles when things get tough and, you know, God kind of throws road bumps in front of you, you know, you got to overcome them or else you'll just be a, another another one in the crowd. So, mental, like you say, mental health is wealth. Definitely makes sense. Definitely, definitely. That's why I really commend Alex Smith, just for trying. Oh, yeah. That, that story is really crazy. Yeah, I think he's going to do well. You know, just listening to him and the passion and the drive, it's uh, it's off the chart. So, I wish him well. Definitely. Yeah, I, w- I always feel like, man, you, if you have that mental drive behind the, the physicality, it's, it's really all the mentality behind it, too. You know, if you, if you have that strong mental and that drive behind it, that's more important sometimes than the physicality of, of the sport or any sport in that in that nature. So, yeah, yeah a, a, a guy. Had... Of, we want, we want to know what keeps you motivated. Everybody has a thing. We want to know what's your thing that keeps what, you motivated. Yeah, what keeps you motivated on a daily basis, day in and day out? Uh, probably my, my family. I mean, my wife, I have four daughters that look to daddy as, you know, their hero and, you know, who's a provider. And, you know, I'm setting an example of what they're going to run into in the real world. Hopefully one day they might meet some scoundrels, but hopefully they'll uh, run into some good guys like daddy. And, uh, you know, the good Lord has blessed me with a, with a ton of ability and some, some lucky breaks along the way and some probably some unlucky ones that, that made me, uh, made me the man I am today. So it's, it's a combination of that. That's awesome, man. That's incredible. And, and that's, that's huge. You know, we're, we're big on family. Um, you know, it's def- definitely keeps you motivated. You know, I always say that, you know, it's a good, when you have a good support system around you as well, that keeps you driven, it always helps. 
Yeah, I had a, I had a mom and dad that were with me every step of the way. You know, whenever I was kind of down and out, you know, giving me the encouragement I needed to uh, to continue on. So I want to try to pass on that legacy as well. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So I heard you know I heard you say you played some high school ball, and uh, we know you played over at LSU. So how how did you get to LSU, man? Like how did you end up going going on there and, and doing your thing over there? Well, I was uh really slow and skinny and weak out of out of high school, and I uh, had a total of zero scholarship offers. But I had a good friend of mine who had just graduated the year before me, and he went to LSU, and. Uh, I, I was looking at him and the way he carried himself and, you know, the drive that he had. And I said, I think I can do it. You know, I still think I can have something to offer that's hard to put on paper. You know, it's not a 40 speed. It's not a vertical. It's not a size and, you know, hand size and all this other crazy stuff. But I had a, a drive and a passion. I always had a good, good, the real, really good ability to catch a ball. Well, that's something that's hard to teach. You can get a little bit better at, like you say, you can get a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, but I could always catch the ball really well, you know, just from birth. And I, you know, God gave me that ability. It's not something I practice and all that, but you know, if I was going to walk on, I was going to do it at a, at a major college and I lived about an hour away from there in South Louisiana. So it was a perfect fit. That's that's incredible, man. So you knew what you wanted to do. You knew what position you were going to go after. You knew, you knew where your talent was. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was going to be receiver. Um, you kind of got to be a little smarter, a little craftier. Uh, you got to be a little crazy to go across the middle, which I didn't <laughs> mind. But uh, it, it was something that you know, it just kind of it, it just made sense to me. It worked out. I didn't have any real big plans saying I'm going to be in the NFL one day, and you know, it wasn't about that. But you know, and you know, God blessed me along the way, and it, it turned out that that was that was the story He had for me. Definitely, definitely. Now I know that LSU definitely prepares their players very well for the NFL. How was it like training over there? Was the training intense? Um, I would say back then, you know, we put the effort in. Kind of, you know, I guess knowing what I'm at the level I've been trained now, uh, we were doing some stuff that was probably a little primitive and uh, old school, real old school. But I know now – Strength coach Tommy Moffitt's good friend of mine. They got their uh, they got their ducks in a row right now. I can tell you that. You know, as obviously you can see that you know the the quality of talent they've put out over the last fifteen years. They've uh they've done a really really good job. And you know those weight rooms look like the Taj Mahal. You know, you got to outdo <laughs> the Alabamas and the Notre Dames and the USC's of the world to be able to recruit these guys. And so that's that's kind of the result of it. Yeah, man, that's that's incredible. So, like, you still keep in touch with some of them guys over there at LSU? Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, I went back to a game this year. I went to the Auburn game, and, you know, they set me up pretty nice. Talked to – you know, they're still that, – that's one good thing about LSU. They, uh, you know, down south, they keep guys home game, recruiting guys, the same trainers and uh, equipment managers and – you know, the strength staff's new, but a lot of the, you know, the organizational people are still around there. And it was it was a pretty good homecoming. I, like I said, I hadn't been in probably 10 years, but it, it turned out this year to where uh, we had a bye week with the Cowboys and there was a home game and it worked out. And my my wife actually was a, a, a Saint Station and she was at dancing in a, a alumni game at the Superdome. So we kind of made a, a trip of it. We went to the uh, LSU game. The next day went to the Saints game and then back up to Dallas. That's awesome. Yeah, that's man. incredible. <laughs> that is awesome, man. 
Yeah, I, actually, speaking of the Cowboys, man, I'm, you know, I'm a huge, huge Cowboys fan, <laughs> huge Dallas fan. It's it's funny because the territory we're in and the area that we're at. Oh, yeah. You and <laughs> you're enemy, you behind enemy lines. Up there. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. We're 15 minutes outside of Philadelphia. And it's funny. Oh, my, yeah, my family's actually from the city. So it's it's funny. So <laughs> and how'd you become a Cowboy fan? <laughs> it's it's actually pretty funny. Um, my whole family's from the city, as I said, diehard Eagles fans. Um, uh, my one uncle though in my family that I grew up in the same household with, uh, he was that he's he's the only cowboy other Cowboys fan. And I just grew up watching the Cowboys every time there's just something about that them Cowboys, man. Every time I put them on, <laughs> it was just, you know. You know, so I, that's just the team I grew up watching, uh, despite awesome. despite my family, you know, being from Philly and, and, and Eagles fans. My one uncle that, that takes, I grew up that with. takes some guts. Yeah. That takes some guts <laughs> to do that. Yeah, man, it's definitely made some thick skin over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of heat for it. So. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of when I grew up, it was it was the Steelers and the Cowboys always on TV and Steelers kind of were the bad boys of the league and the Cowboys always kind of did it the right way. So that was, I was a Cowboy fan as well. That's, you know, yeah, definitely. Than... That, that's crazy. You bring that up. Cause I'm actually a Steelers fan. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Diehard Steelers <laughs> fan. Heinz Ward's my favorite player of all time. <laughs> He's a good one. I like him. Yeah, definitely. But speaking of NFL, we want to know what was it like going undrafted to the New Orleans Saints? Well, it was kind of like the, uh, my high school story. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to say boohoo, nobody wanted me, but you know, I, I wouldn't have really wanted me either. You'd have had to really dig into to scouting and figure out, you know, what I would have to offer. You know, like I said, m- none of my numbers were going to be real impressive, but uh, I was undrafted. I was, I, I got to where I was, you know, decent enough to, you know, my teammates voted me captain and MVP at LSU, you know, not that we were really that good, you know, we won some significant games, but you know, we, we kind of stunk it up a little bit uh, under the curly home in years. He was, uh, I, I kind of blame Brett Favre for my, my struggles <laughs> in, in, in my career because we hired curly Holman from USM because they thought it was this great coach, but you know, it turns out that Brett Favre was going to, didn't matter what school he played for, he was going to beat people. So we hired him. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that was kind of some the dark, the dark ages of LSU, they call it. So I was under him and, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of success. But, you know, I, I did decent enough to get some get some free agent offers. And, you know, I was originally put on the practice squad and kind of felt like a walk on all over again, even though I was in the NFL. And, you know, then finally my chance came and uh, I made the most of it. So I was able to, you know, carve out enough to, you know, get a pension and, you know, make some make some plays and ESPN and all that good stuff. So I definitely uh, bit off more than I could chew, but it was a, it was a good meal. That's an awesome experience that you got to go through that experience. And, you know, I really like, how was the transition and the difference from college ball to pro ball though? Like what was the biggest note, biggest differences would you say in the game? Uh, Probably that the D linemen were almost as fast as the receivers. You know, <laughs> oh, wow. When you're in college, you know, people are pretty good, but there's some spots you're like, man, this is a weakness on our team. Uh, but when you get to the league, there's everybody was like the best player on their college team, just about across the board. And you got defensive linemen that are just athletic and, you know, wanted to kill you and chase you down. And there's, there's just no weak spots. You know, there's tons of people upstairs evaluating every practice, every game you know, trying to upgrade at every position. I mean, they could they could pull from people from Australia and New Zealand. I mean, you're seeing more and more people overseas, especially kickers, 
And they basically, you know, at one point I was like, I'm one of five receivers on this team. I said, they could, they could scour the planet for athletes to come in here and take my job. And believe me, they did. They had people trying out and doing that the whole time. But, you know, there, there's just no, you know, there's going to be bad teams, you know, for whatever reason around the league. But the athletes are superior and, you know, and it shows. Definitely, definitely. No, no question. So we wanted to, what, what year did you get drafted into the NFL? Well, I didn't get drafted. I came out of uh, college in 94 at LSU, probably before y'all were born. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I got released. I went to Jacksonville. It was Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, okay. first, year they, first year they had their team. And they, uh, they had 16 receivers on the roster. And I walked into the uh, first meeting room and I was – the 16th receiver on their depth chart. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be tough. But I busted my butt. And uh, actually, it didn't work out there. And I went home and worked out with a speed speed coach named Tom Shaw. He's he's a pretty good uh, combine prep coach in the world of, you know, getting NFL athletes ready, you know, from Deion Sanders back in the day. I mean, Terrell Buckley's done a lot of stuff at Florida State, and he's had a lot of guys. And I worked with him because I knew I didn't have the speed necessary to play at that level for very long. You know, I could kind of get by. but And he taught me, and I trained with him and worked with him and kind of struggled. And about a year later, got a tryout with the Saints. And, you know, they said, all right, we'll put you on the practice squad. And, and uh, from there, I was like, I know my weaknesses, and I'm going to address them you know, like a stone cold killer and, you know, let the Lord handle it from there. Hey, you know, just as we were talking about earlier, man, it, all, it just all comes back to the mentality factor. And, and you knew you had that drive and that mentality to, to put behind it, even though you were that 16th receiver on that depth chart, you knew that you were going in there. And like you said, that killer instinct mindset and, and you went in there and you did your thing, obviously, man. So congrats. Yeah. And that's awesome. And to me, it's always been, like there's no there's no sets and reps for mental toughness i I don't know if it's something that you learn along the way or just something that's in you because you can't you know i remember i was working for the new york jets and had a a gm who was upset about this second round draft pick they had i think his name was doug jolly he was a really really good athlete but just lazy and didn't didn't want it and i just said that you know i said he's just not very tenacious and doesn't have that killer instinct he said you got to you got to teach it to him and i was like look we got a lot of weights and and reps and machines down here i said none of them are for killer instinct so that's something that you're born with you know something that's in you or it's not you know it's, you always see these guys that are really really talented that don't last because you know like you said mental health is wealth and I'd pick that over, you know, any physical trade any day. Exactly, man. That's why, it, yeah, it comes back to that's why Michael Jordan is also one of my favorite athletes of all time, just because of the, the mental health. Like, he just wanted the last shot. He always wanted yep. to take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Always, yeah it's, it's, you know, it's like the Mamba mentality, that, that Kobe Bryant mentality, that oh, yeah. instinct that you got, that, that, you know, if you carry that and, and it's just, you know, you, you, your energy is different. And, you know, and like you said, you're, you can't be, that's something that's not taught. You know, you're either born with that or you're not. So that's the thing. If you don't got that drive, then it, it shows, it shows, man. And yeah. you can have all the talent in the world. If you don't have that, that mentality, you're not going to last. So that, that's what's that's more true. important. If you got the heart behind it. Very true. And that goes with anything. 
Now, we know that you coached with the Dallas Cowboys. We want to know how that was and your experience on the league as a coach and your experience on the league as a player and the differences and similarities. Yeah. Being on both sides of that, how, how was the, the differences? Yeah, well, it, it was different. Um, I came in and uh, my first strength coach was uh, a guy named Mike Wojcik. He was He was actually in Dallas for their three Super Bowls in the 90s, and he came to coach in uh, New Orleans while I was there, and then he went to New England and won a gang of championships there. So he had six Super Bowl rings, and he was uh, he was always a fan of mine. Like I say, you're, you, you, every day is an interview in life. You don't know who you're going to run into 15 years down the road, but that was kind of the way it worked out. He went from the Cowboys to the Saints to the Patriots and then back to the Cowboys. And he needed an assistant strength coach. Well, lo and behold, probably I had probably seen him in 12 years, but I guess the, the work ethic that I, that I showed made enough impression, made enough an impression on him that he was like, you know, this is the kind of guy I want to work with me when I get to the back to somewhere where I need an assistant. So he called me up and I was at the time working at uh, Exos in Florida uh, athletes performance exos you know combine prep training facility okay and and went down there and you know 10 years later it was a it was a blast so I, I couldn't have asked for anything more but as a player you know it was it was rough I was special teams and I got hurt a little bit here and there and you know I had some good plays and some good years and you know unfortunately back then kind of the same way in, at LSU uh we we weren't very good but uh you know, we had some good guys on the team and, you know, made some great memories and some long lasting relationships. So I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's incredible, man. It's all about the experience and the journey. And it sounds like you've had a had a pretty, pretty crazy one, man. And, and like, you know, so like really like my our question, like, who, ha, is there any relationships that have formed like with the players, you know, being a coach and coaching over the years, um, being a strength and conditioning coach, building bonds with these players? Uh, who really sticks out to you that, you know, you still stick with to this day, you know, like on a daily basis, maybe or here and there, like who, you know, I'm sure you've had to make some really tight bonds with, with some of these. Oh players yeah. I've, I've, I've made some really good uh, relationships with guys and, you know, oddly enough, one of them's coming back full circle. Um, Des Bryant is a guy who's uh, he's trying to get back in the league and, you know, he's had some tryouts recently and hadn't been uh hadn't been good enough. He went to the saints maybe a year or two ago and tore his Achilles Achilles. But, uh, he got in touch with me and actually I, I'm going to try to train him for the next three to four weeks to try to make one final push for his return to the NFL. Cause you know, he's still got the, he's still got the drive. I oh mean, yeah. That guy's got, he's got more will to win than any player I've ever been associated with. I mean, he would rather die than lose a football game. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. So I'm going to do my best to try to help him and get him back to where, you know, he can at least get a get a shot because I think he's got some more to offer. And, uh, you know, Jason Witten, I mean, Dak Prescott, there's, you know, DeMarcus Ware, there's Tony Romo. I mean, there's guys that, you know, I still keep in touch with today. And, you know, it, it was a it was a blessing for me. And, you know, if I can make a positive impact in their lives, you know, I think, you know, that's what I was put here to do.
That's great, man. And, and it's awesome you brought Des Bryant up. I, I've been a huge Des Bryant fan. You know, I've always followed Des since he came into the league, you know, back in 2010. And he's always done his thing. And, and I love that's what I loved about Des watching him throughout the years, the, his energy, his passion for the game, man. And I still follow him to this day. You know, I follow him to this day. Mm -hmm. And I've been watching his comeback and his journey. And it's incredible to see him. And I've been rooting for him the whole time, all through well, the way I've been rooting for him. I think he's going to make a comeback. Uh, another good buddy of mine, Demarcus Ware, has a, a facility he opened up here in uh, in, in da near Dallas, and uh, we're going to go over there and try to put a plan together for him, and you know, do our best to see if he can, you know, make one last push. Because I think he, you know, he he's earned it. He's earned it. He's put his time in, and you know, if he can make this, he's got a couple things that he's got to deal with, but uh, I think he can uh, he can do it. He's got some more. He's got some more juice in him. Definitely, definitely, man. I'm really, really hoping there's a season. Really hoping there's an NFL season. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy times. There's no, no, no playbook for what we're going through as a country, as a, as a, you know, a, a nation, you know, as a world right now. This, this has really kind of rocked us and kind of made everybody put themselves in check and see what's really important. And you know, it's a lot of unknowns out there. You know, people are going to kind of. Monday morning quarterback decisions along the way. So it makes it hard to make real decisions, but you know, hopefully they, they do the right thing. Safety first, but football is a real, real, real close second. <laughs> definitely. definitely, man. And I, you know, I, I definitely think that this year has been a wild one. It's been a roller coaster ride for everybody. And, and just all the events that have taken place this year, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much why we started this podcast, you know um, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, the it right now is the time that everybody has to come together, you know, and, and it, it's yeah, it's really it's crazy times we're living in. So it kind of smacked us out of nowhere. You know, nobody expected this. 2020 has been a year to remember. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, Unfortunately, negatively. But, you know, that's that's what makes us better. Perseverance. Definitely. And I think this is a learning experience for everybody and just, uh, you know, tough times. But, it, you know, we'll get through it. You know, so that's, that's right. An important thing. Yeah, and we know. Yeah, so we did a little background, and we know that you were in the uh, longest yard. We want to know how that came about. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> pretty pretty strange. I was just sitting on my couch one day, and uh, my cell phone rang from an unknown number, and I was like, uh, "So I went went to voicemail, and it was a guy that I'd kind of known back from uh, my playing days." And I called him. He said, "Hey, man," he goes, "He goes, what you doing for the next uh, eight weeks or so?" I was like, well, not a whole lot, you know. It's off season, and all. He goes, well, let me, uh, let me ask you. He goes, you want to be in a movie with Adam Sandler and Chris Rock? And he he read off this. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, it's not a joke. He gave me an email link, and I went to it. And shoot, lo and behold, they were looking for, you know, players that were kind of former players, but still could play and get on film and you know run routes and catch. And you know, shoot, I got hit a little bit too. And, and uh, kind of like in California. Yeah, I went out to California and, you know, hung out with a bunch of, I guess you can call them superstars. You know, it was a lot of, a lot of uh, superstars in that movie. And she got to, got to, uh, got to see a lot of things I didn't think I'd ever see. So it, it was really neat. It was Definitely a great experience. Sounds like an experience, man. And that's crazy how it happened. Like, you know, we're huge fans of Adam Sandler. You know, he's a great, 
great guy. I mean, all his movies are hilarious. And yeah. <laughs> The Longest Yard is definitely one of them, man. It's definitely a classic. So that's awesome that you got to be a part of something like that. And no acting experience in the past? That was just like a spur? No, I was just kind of out of the blue. They needed more. You know, it wasn't for acting. It was more for, uh, you know, athletic and running and jumping and looking like. Actually, there was times where I was on the sidelines cheering for myself on the field because I was playing offense and defense and running back and DB. I guess I kind of had a body type that they could plug me in anywhere. So I was uh, it, it was a weird experience to, to see how, how duped we've been over all these years. When you go to the movie, it's like, oh, man, that really happened. It didn't even close. It, it was it's it's the biggest snow job you've ever seen. But you know when they when they piece it all together, you're like, man, that seemed real as heck. But yeah, we, we got gotta, the wool pulled. We've been bamboozled. I'll just leave it at that. I gotta ask you, man, just re- real quick. Like, did anybody ever notice you from the movie? Have anybody ever came up to you and said, "Were you in that movie?" Like, yeah, it was more. Uh, I, I think the first guy. Remember Chad Pennington, the old quarterback for the Jets. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was yeah. Uh, back in the day, probably uh, 2005, six. He was in his heyday, but he came in one morning, and I was uh, on on the strength staff with the Jets, and he came and uh, he's like, "Dude, he goes, were you in the longest yard?" <laughs> he said, "I spilled my popcorn all over my wife last night. And I was watching movies. He's like, that's our damn strength coach." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." He said, "Why do you?" I said, "I'm go. I don't go around telling anybody about it. You know, it's just you <laughs> yeah. know, kind of a silly movie, but it was fun. But yeah, but n- no strangers, but uh, friends of mine, friends you know, of yours, and anybody, anybody on the teams, anybody on the team ever, ever say anything to you about that? Oh yeah, yeah, they kind of, they they kind of make fun of it, but uh, it was fun. They kind of, I think they're just jealous. <laughs> so like i gotta ask you man i mean i know you're around you know for the dallas cowboys you've been the coach over there uh well you were the coach over there uh for quite yeah. some time uh, i'm sure you've went through a lot of experiences being on the team and dealing with the players and working with a lot of different players and, and things of that nature um like i you know I, I gotta just ask though like how like you know to this day it's like what do you you know is there anything like what's the plan now? Like, you know, how do you how do you feel about like the new the new guys on the team coming in? I'm sure you've seen the old guys and compared to the new team now. Like, how would you compare it? Like, you know, yeah, Dak, Zeke and Amari, Amari Cooper. Cooper bringing in CD Lamb this year. Like, you know, what, what direction do you think they're in? Basically, well, I'm trying to I, get think, at. I think they're going in the right direction. You know, I'm, I'm not bitter at all. Uh, I know change is part of it. NFL stands for not for long. And, you know, if you get 10 years at, at one place, it's a blessing and then some. So I think, you know, even last year, I think we were going in the right direction, but we had some, you know, some hiccups and, you know, it's, it's a league that if you don't get it done, you know, they're going to try to find somebody else who will. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, they still got the, the core organization of guys that know how to, scout and you know they always seem to find the the tony romos and the the miles austins and the the dak prescott's people that you know looking back like oh yeah we would have taken dak in the first round well you didn't or you know tony romo's undrafted you know they got several guys that go to the pro bowl probably i would say more than most that go to the pro bowl that are just you know undrafted rookie free agents and you know, the CD Lamb picks and, you know, the, the linemen and, you know, they're going to get the, I think they have an all pro lineman until uh, until um, McCoy got hurt. I was going to say they might have the best line in the league, you know, bringing back um, Alden 
uh, yeah, Aldis Smith. Smith. Yeah, Aldis he's Smith. gonna be a beast. You know, he's kind of the talk of camp, and Demarcus Lawrence and Ty Croft. I mean, and bringing in so Everson Griffin. Oh yeah, him too. I mean, it was like to me, it was like an All Pro defensive line, which is something yeah. that probably wasn't the best over the years, but. You know, they got a lot of good good people in our organization. And, you know, Dak, I know the leadership's going to be there. And Zeke, I mean, they got the talent. So I, I won't be surprised if they, you know, really make some waves. Yeah, man, I, I expect them to make some noise, man. They got a great, talented group of young guys over there. I think Dak's going to do his thing. I'm, You know, I'm a big fan of Dak, you know, since he's came in the league. I think he carries himself very well. He does, you know, he does everything right, I feel like. You know, he, he's, you know, he conducts himself well as a leader, I feel like, for doesn't the team. Get, definitely doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, I feel like, you know, he, no. he you know, I, I definitely feel like his his heart, and that comes back to that, his heart for the game and his you know his drive and he just seems like a motivated individual and he's he's a good leader from what i can tell on the team just being a fan and watching him over the years yeah and seeing his growth They're, and in development too i mean he's he's definitely improved yeah there there's people on the team that are leaders and they kind of lead by intimidation or just respect but dak leads he's selfless and it's all about the team i mean those guys to the man would run through a burning building for Dak, I mean, they run through walls. I mean, and that's not always the case. You have some leaders that kind of, you know, they'll they'll jump down your throat, but Dak's going to be right beside you instead of in front of you, and he's going to lead you, and he he makes you want to lead. And you know, if they're going to get it done, I think he's going to be the one to lead them there. And you know, he, he's all he's one of my favorite guys. You know, we have a, a Louisiana bond, and you know, I still keep in touch with him today. And I think you know, I, I think the sky's the limit. Yeah, that, that's that's incredible, man. I think they, they just seem very family oriented over there. Um, you know, the, the whole team just seems very involved in with each other, their relationships with each other. I feel like the team's tight and I feel like that's important. And they got a good they got a good thing going over there in Dallas. Man. Yeah. And Randall, Randall Cobb came in from uh, the Packers. And within the first couple of weeks, we had like a, a, a little golf tournament and a crawfish bowl and a couple of deals. And he was like, he's like, man, he goes, I never. He goes, in all my years in Green Bay, he said, we never did anything like this. He goes, I love it here, you know, and that just goes to speak to, you know, even, you know, Lambeau Field, and they won Super Bowls up there and had great teams and all, but he said there was, it wasn't even a comparison to how they do things, you know, and Jerry Jones, it's going to be, he's going to do it, and obviously he's got the means to do it, uh, class act all around. But it just shows when other guys from other teams come in and, you know, kind of give you that that seal of approval that, you know, y'all are doing things the right way. Whether or not you win games or not, you're doing it the right way. Yeah, that, that's that's important. You know, that's that's awesome. So, bro, I got one more question for you before we before we wrap things up today, man. I, I got to ask you, what what would you say, you know, it was your most memorable game that you remember you know, just what sticks out to you, your most memorable yeah, player or coach, player or coach, you know, both both sides of it. You know, what, what sticks out to you or, or, you know, if there's a few up there, what, what would you say is your most memorable experiences in the league and then in the NFL? Uh, probably as a player, I made a, uh, a one handed catch uh, versus the Falcons in the Superdome. And uh, Chris Berman said it was the I think he said the best catch of the the best catch of the week. So. If Chris Berman uses your name in a, uh, in the simile, you know you've done something right. So, and you know, and all my family members always say, "I remember right where I was when you made that catch and all." So that was, you know, to be able to do that, you know, twenty minutes from where I grew up was 
was pretty special. But I think as a coach, uh, I was probably on the on the negative side. It was when uh, they said Dez dropped that ball oh. Bay when he absolutely caught it. That still ticks me off. Uh, to uh, this day, I feel that. I feel that game. I remember yeah, watching it. I, I think that kind of sent two organizations in two different ways, in two different directions. You know, the, the Packers kind of went up, and we, we kind of took a little nosedive there for a while. But, you know, that one play, you know, we, would we have won the game? We don't know. But, yeah, those, those refs, you know, sometimes they – Sometimes they work for you. Sometimes they work against you. And I think that play will go down in infamy. And, you know, people talk about it from years yeah. to come because, I mean, they changed the rules over it. So, yeah, they definitely made an impact on the league. And, I, and again, man, I remember watching that game. Uh, Nico and I were actually together watching that game. And I was so hyped. You know, our, our uh, 2014, the team was solid that year. We had a great thing going, I feel like. And then, like, you know, they Dang. called that catch. And everybody thought, you know, I thought it was a catch. I, I remember jumping up when Dez caught that ball. You know, he up in the air, came down one, two, and then he fell. And then I'm like, if anything, it should be, you know, the ground camp calls a fumble. It should you know, he got them two feet down and he went down. Everybody was going crazy, man. And I'm sure you guys on the sideline, you know, uh, you assumed that that was a catch, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, it, wasn't, it wasn't a question in my mind. You know, we're chest bumping and high-fiving and, you know, trying to get the defense ready to – keep Aaron Rodgers from driving it down the last three minutes, but, you know, and then these knuckleheads, you know, and obviously McCarthy, he, he should have challenged it. And, you know, oddly enough, if you go back and look at any camera angle they've ever shown, you never see where the ball hits the ground. They assume it does behind his forearm, but there's never a camera angle where the ball actually touches the ground and yeah. bounces out of that's, his hand. But, that's you know, good, that's a good point. And, and again, though, the thing that gets me is, he goes up in the air. You watch. I've watched that play over and over and over again, and I'm sure you guys have as well. I mean, he goes up in the air. He catches it, comes down. on. He gets two feet down, and then he goes down to the ground. So I, I thought that would make it a catch right there, you know. And then he reaches. Yeah, he possession. reaches for the end zone, yeah. you know. But I guess yeah. water under the bridge. You know, <laughs> yeah. What's done is done. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, definitely crazy, man. But, Brett. I mean, this was this was awesome, man. We appreciate you coming on to the show today. I mean, it, it was it was awesome talking with you, and you know, getting to know, you know, get to learn about Brett and uh, what you do, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it. It was uh, definitely a uh, God cast me under a, a lucky star, but you know, if you if you work for it and you and you refuse to say no, I mean, good things are going to happen. You just got to stick with it, like you said, mental health is wealth. That that's more important than. Then a big bicep any day, a big heart. <laughs> Definitely, man. And we just try to spread positive energy and love. And, and that's, like I said, it just, just comes back to that's why we started this thing. Uh, and this time, you know, we just felt it was important, you know. Uh, so we just decided to bring everybody together and get to know a little bit more about everybody else and, and uh, you know, share stories and just get to, you know, see what's going on. So it's great, though. But we appreciate you coming on. Uh, guys, if you don't, already i mean check brett out on uh instagram at breck best uh you know strength and conditioning coach uh the nfl you know he's he's done it all and and he's you know yeah. came on the show today we had a good you know good day and we appreciate y'all so brett it was good having you on man appreciate you guys good luck with the podcast and uh, i'll be uh i'll be following y'all closely thank you man thank appreciate you. it appreciate this take support. care you got us thank you